Yes, good morning. Excited for a new summer series, God's Voice, Ears to Hear and Hearts that Follow. And this is an important topic. It's actually a serious topic. So I thought I'd start with a little levity, and I'm going to project a cartoon on the screen. So if you're just listening, uh, let me describe it. It's an older man and woman. Let's just say it's myself and my husband, Happy. Uh, you can tell we're older because we're reading a print newspaper. We have our cup of coffee, and uh, I say to Hap, I think you need a hearing test. To which he replies, why the heck do I need a hairy chest? You guys did better than first service. I'm like, this is a cartoon, okay? Like, <laughs> maybe you think I'm making fun of us who have a little bit harder time hearing now that we're white-haired. I'm not. We're thankful for hearing aids. We are. Sometimes I wish we had a hearing aid for God's voice. <laughs> the truth is we do. His name is the Holy Spirit, and he does not cost $6,000. So that, that's good, right? <laughs> oh, but, you know, the voice of God can at times be hard to hear. We can be hard of hearing. Because when you think about God's voice, you would think, wouldn't it be like booming? No, it's God speaking. It would be totally audible, clear. And it has been that at times in history and presently, never in my life, but I've heard of that happening. No, most of the time, God's voice is more of a whisper. It's a thought going through your head. At first, it sounds like your own thoughts. And then you learn to discern, oh, no, that's actually the voice of God that's speaking. But it, it takes time to learn to discern that. And we're going to spend the next six weeks looking at how do we hear God's voice? And more importantly, have ears that truly hear, because we all have natural ears, but how do we hear the voice of an invisible being? And then, most importantly, how do we have a heart that follows. We want to make a choice to hear his voice, and that's super important, to be intentional. Now, I know at times it can seem like, oh, everybody around you is hearing God's voice, and you're not. You know, you hear people say, well, God told me to go uh, buy this book, or God told us to move to Florida, or God told me to take this job. And, you know, I, can I just say, I'll, I'll just digress very briefly. This is a horrible rabbit trail. But the God told me, in my opinion, is overused and abused. And I've heard some real doozies, folks. But I don't want, you know, to in any way discourage you from knowing our God is a speaking God. We can have ears that hear him and hearts that obey. So you might be thinking, I never hear God. Well, it can seem that way. The truth is you are hearing him. You, you may not be aware, and we want to help you learn to discern his voice over the next six weeks. Now, um, I think even a really important question I want to address initially is, well, do I actually want to hear God? <laughs> I mean, do I actually want to hear God? Well, let's go ahead and pray and hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We trust you to give us ears that hear, that you actually empower us with hearts that obey. Give us ears today to hear once again who our Jesus is, how to love him more, how to live lives that reflect him, 
Give us ears to hear today and hearts that obey, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So in this first section, I'm going to answer two questions. One, why would we want to hear the voice of God? Which to some of you might seem like a no-brainer, but not, not so much to others. So why would we want to? And then secondly, what language does he speak? So we'll get to that in a moment. So do I actually want to hear the voice of God? Absolutely, unequivocally, yes. You and I, we want to hear, don't you want to hear the voice of the smartest being in the universe, the most loving being in the universe, who invites us into what I call a conversational relationship. We can walk and talk with him all day long. You know, he's not some cosmic computer who just you know, spits out bits of, go here, eat this granola, do that. It's like, that's not a relationship, right? No, he invites us into a conversational relationship, a loving relationship. And what I think is really important is having this relationship will make all the difference in the world between a life that flourishes and a life that fails. Well, what do I mean? Well, let's see what Jesus has to say. And in Matthew chapter 7, a familiar text, but... We want to have ears that hear and hearts that follow. Matthew 7, 24, on the screen, or um, you can open your own Bibles if you want, that's fine. Jesus just got done teaching a whole lot <laughs> of really Im important information. And then he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And then he finishes out that text saying, there's also people who are very foolish. They hear the word, perhaps they don't do it, or maybe they do neither one. And he said, when the storms come, great is their fall. They collapse. So I want to have a life that stands because guess what? The storm's coming. You might actually be in a storm right now, some of you. As a matter of fact, I know you are, some of you. You're in a storm. The winds are blowing, the rain is beating, the floods are rising, and you want to be a person whose life does not collapse under the storm. So we want to hear his words. We want to do his words, ears that hear, hearts that follow. I think it's just so incredible that we have a speaking God. There is no other religious faith in the world that has a speaking God in the way that we do, okay? Yes, we have the words of the Bible. That's very important. Uh, God himself breathed out these words. But he, gets, he loves speaking to each of us personally, specifically, individually. He knows your personality. He knows, I was talking to an engineer of first service. He goes, well, you know, like, I'm really more, you know, in my head. I go, God knows that. That's okay. And, but he might surprise you too. But God knows I love, I love nature. So God often speaks to me through birds. He speaks to me through the ocean roaring, through the, the trees that are blooming. I know that might sound weird, but once you learn to hear his voice in that way, it's life-changing. Okay. So he's speaking to you personally. He is speaking, even though, again, you might not like, oh, I, I like an illustration my husband, Happy, often uses about this. He goes, 
When it comes to hearing the voice of God, he said, think of a radio station that's blasting out sound waves all the time. They're broadcasting. He said, but if we're not tuned in to that, we don't hear it. And in the same way, God is always speaking, but if we're not tuned in, if we don't make a choice to hear his voice, then we don't hear anything. Now, I didn't know for about the first 30 years of my life that God was still speaking. I knew that he had spoken. I, I believe that. The word is his word. But I believe when we had the Bible, then mm, he's done speaking. It wasn't until I got baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time, suddenly I went, oh my goodness, he's still speaking. He's speaking to me because the Holy Spirit and all of his gifts, right? Prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, visions, dreams, so many ways that the Holy Spirit speaks. Julie's going to be talking about that next week. And then we learn to discern the voice of God. It's so exciting uh, that he still is speaking. He's speaking every day, basically he's speaking all day. So I want to encourage you. He is speaking. He's speaking to you. Now, it does take a lifetime of listening, you know, I wish I could tell you now at my old age and white hair, I'm always 100% when God speaks. I'm not. I'm never 100% confident it is his voice. And you want to know why? Because there's something that really pleases God, and it's called faith. And if you're 100% sure, you don't need faith. And so it's faith you step out when you think you've heard the voice of God. And what I love about our amazing God is he delights in our taking that step. And even when we crash over the cliff, we miss it. You know, he's not there like, you know, rebuking us. He's like, he picks us up. He corrects us. He directs us. He sets us on the right path. So awesome conversational relationship with the loving God. And learning to walk and talk with God it takes time. It takes a life. I, I look at like my, my relationship with my husband, Happy. You know, most people know we walk 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, and those walks are filled with talk. Now, you know, I know Hap's voice. I mean, I've been married 51 years, right? I know his voice. But what those walks do is they let me know his heart. They let me know, like, what's he really thinking? They let me know his mood. You know, happy's not always happy, but, and that's okay, that's okay, but I get to know him, and in the same way as we walk and talk with the Lord, his voice, but more notably, his character gets clearer, and that enables us to discern, was that the voice of God, and that's important, and that's what I want to move to right now in answering the question, well, what language does God speak? You know, if I'm in a conversation with you and you don't speak English, we're not going to have much of a conversation, okay? <laughs> because you, we can't understand one another. Well, in the same way, God speaks a very specific language, and I'm not talking about a dialect here. I am talking about the essence of his character. He speaks a language that this is the foundational truth for actually hearing his voice and being able to follow his voice in faith. Well, what language does God speak? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to look at the scripture, Hebrews chapter 1, and that's going to tell us clearly God speaks in the language of the Son, S-O-N, Jesus. Be like, huh? What's she talking about? Okay, listen up because this is really important. 
Hebrews 1, verse 1. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, that last sentence that kind of seems out of place, no, actually that summarizes the language of the son. And when you understand this amazing truth that he made purification for sins and sat down because the work was finished, it changes how you hear the voice of God. Okay, let me illustrate this a little bit for us. So if there's a lot of confusion about, I think, about the character of God. It might be from the way you were raised. It might be from teaching that you've heard or just you don't, you don't know it, the character of God. And so you're hearing a voice. You're like, well, is that God? But that voice is like an, an, an angry voice. It's a mad dad type of voice. It's not God. You want to know why? We can know the character of the Father because this text tells us Jesus is the exact imprint of the Father. As Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. I, I fully reflect his nature and his character. Well, who is Jesus? Well, read the Gospels. Compassionate, merciful, forgiving, loving, welcoming. That's the character of the Father. So that's how, that's the language of the Son. Okay, secondly, language of the Son. If what you hear you think you're hearing, contradicts the written word, that's a problem. I'll tell you why. Because Jesus is the living word, and those two must align. Let me give you an illustration. So if you hear a voice, it's like, hey, you know what? You can tell a little lie. You, you can cheat a little bit on your test. You know, isn't it much easier to get forgiveness than to get permission how many people have said that? Thank you for your honesty. Oops, no, not the voice of God. Why? Because the written word says clearly, it's not easier to get forgiveness than permission. It says obedience is better than sacrifice. It says, should we continue in sin that grace might abound? God forbid. So the living word aligns with the written word, right? And that's, again, the language of the son and how you discern if that's the voice of God. Thirdly, if a voice that you hear is making you feel like a spiritual sluggard, you know, oh, I got to keep introspecting. I got to find something else that went wrong. Oh, I'm so ashamed. I'm just so unworthy. Not the voice of God. Why? Because of that very last sentence that we read in this text, you see what Jesus did by going to the cross and shedding his blood and taking our sin, he made purification for sin, all sin, past, present, 
future. He made it possible for all of us to be restored into relationship with the Father, and we're now wholly righteous, fully accepted, fully loved sons and daughters of the Almighty God. That's amazing. So when that voice is shaming you or you know condemning you, that is not the voice of God. That's not the language of the Son. You know, I like a summary statement. This is actually what the Father spoke to Jesus the Son right after Jesus' baptism, but I believe he's speaking it to each of us today, right now. And it's found in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, after Jesus comes out of the water, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. You know, this was spoken before Jesus did any ministry, before, obviously, he went to the cross, before any performance of any kind, and actually, this is the voice of the Father to each of us. You are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. I am. The blood of Jesus made it possible, right? It's amazing. <laughs> now, don't hear me say that the Father doesn't correct that the father doesn't say hard things. Oh, he's a good, good father, and any good father knows you better correct those kiddos or else it's purgatory. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you gotta correct those kiddos. <laughs> and I love it, that about our heavenly father. Do I always like what he says? No, as a matter of fact, Jesus didn't always like what the father said. Hebrews tells us Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. Why? He told daddy, I don't wanna do it. But he chose to do it. He chose to do it. And because of that, he became a faithful high priest who empowers us daily by living within us by his spirit to make choices to follow, to have ears that hear. Okay? Wow. Just the other day, I think that friend is here, so I won't name him, but I bumped into a friend while walking in the park, and I was so blessed by him. He's an older man, just like me. Me, We're, you know, up there in age, and we were just chatting. He said, oh, Di, I'm so excited. I've been reading the book of James, and I have my journal out, and I go, that is fantastic. And he goes, no, it's not. I go, oh, why? He goes, because he's saying some hard things to me. I'm like, oh, he goes, but it's all good. And I was so blessed by that serendipitous encounter with the Holy Spirit and my friend who even at an older age is still listening and actually learning, receiving the Father's correction and knowing he's empowered by the Spirit to live in the reality of that truth. I was so blessed by that encounter in the park. We have a choice. We have a choice to hear his voice. So I want to look at that choice in more detail now in the second half of the message because I want to zero in on the choice to have ears that hear in a way that we open our ears. And secondly, the choice that we have to have a heart that follows by following in faith and not drawing back in unbelief or hardness of heart as we will hear. So we're going to have two different texts. Revelation 3, again, kind of a popular text, but I always feel like it's never preached in exactly the right context. But Revelation 3, um, Jesus has been speaking to different Christians in different churches in the first century, and um, he is saying some hard things to some of them. 
and he's actually bringing correction. But he concludes it with, those whom I love, I correct. Okay, and now this is what he says next, Revelation 3.20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. We will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as my father, I, as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches, churches being synonymous with people like you and me. Okay. Jesus says, look, I want to have a conversation with you. I'm standing at your door. Uh, can, can you hear my voice? Maybe not. Maybe that Netflix series is just too dang good, you know? You know, whatever the noises are that drown out the voice of God. He goes, I stand at the door and knock. Will you open that door? Will you make a choice to open that door again? That's our choice. He, he doesn't break and enter, right? <laughs> no, he wants us to choose to open up. He's so concerned that you're victorious. Did you know that? He actually wants you to succeed. He does. He wants the best for us. So this is my favorite part of this whole text. He said, if you hear my voice and you open the door, he said, I'm going to come in and I'm actually going to sit down and share a meal with you as a friend. You know, he's not coming in and like, let me in, let me in by the hair of my chinny chin chin, and I'll huff and I'll puff, and, you know, or whatever. He's not saying, I want to give you a piece of my mind. He goes, I want to share a meal with you. I love that picture. Uh, as a mother, raised in a big family, you know, there were seven of us, big wooden table, mealtime was sacred. I love mealtime. I love laughter and love and good food and good drink. And so we had one rule. Number one, you, I should back up, mealtime was sacred. You could not miss mealtime at our house unless you had a good excuse, and that was okay. But there was one rule. Now, Happy, my husband, struggled with this rule. I mean, some of it's his personality, but he's a good learner, and he finally adjusted, because the rule is at dinner time there is no harsh confrontation. In other words, none of that, I saw the math grade. What are we going to do about it? It's like, that just destroys dinner, you know? Or you forgot the garbage again. Now, it's not that those things weren't said because they were said later. But mealtime is a time of love and laughter. And it, we talked about difficult things, hard things, but that's how Jesus wants to sit down with us, right? He wants to share a meal with us as friends, hear our hearts, give us wisdom. He wants us to be victorious, <laughs> whatever the situation is that we're in. Well, how, how does this work? Because he's obviously not standing outside your door and he's not sitting down at your dinner table. <laughs> no, he, he just wants us to open. Open. I like the word open. Let me just share how it is in my life. And again, it's going to be different for you. He knows your personality. He knows you. But it does take choice. It takes choice to open. So I wake up, you know, fairly early, 5.30, quarter to 6, grab a cup of coffee, have a simple prayer with Hap, 
which is a treasure to both of us. And then I go up to my room, and the first thing I do is I open my curtain. Why? You see, I've hidden God's word in my heart through the years. I love God's word. And Psalm 113 says, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. I need to be reminded because maybe I don't like what's going on and there's a storm in my life. But I open the curtain and wait for that sun to rise. And I open up to the Holy Spirit. I can't do this without him. You know, he's the one that reveals Jesus to us and Julie's gonna do a great job next week teaching us how to interact with the Holy Spirit. But I welcome the Holy Spirit. And then I open my journal. I am a big fan of journaling. Why? I mean, I forget. <laughs> I like to write down what's on my heart. I, I like to write down prayers that I've prayed. I like to write down. And then I look back, and then I can like, oh, journal becomes a place of gratitude and thanksgiving and just rejoicing or reminding God. I love a record. So I open the, the curtain. I open up to the Holy Spirit. I open my journal. Last but not least, I open the word. And I wait for that Holy Spirit with his highlighter to highlight something. Speak to my heart. It's so rich and so good. Now, again, it might look different for you. The point I'm making, make a choice to hear his voice. Make a choice to open your ears, whatever that looks like. It can be a lot of times just an attitude. You know, a friend of mine was telling me the other day, he, he's been going through a very traumatic situation in his family, and he, he's an older man, and he, he's heard the voice of God for a long time, but he said, um, I walked into a store, and I heard a song I'd never heard before. That's um, like, don't worry about a ting. Every little ting's gonna be all right. Well, I didn't sing that very well. Bob Marley does a much better job, but did you know Bob Marley is used by God to speak? Yeah, That's right. Thank you, Joe, because no, like, don't be, get all religious on me. You know, like, that spoke to him. He said, I heard the words of that song. Don't worry about a ting. Every little ting's going to be all right. And he felt like the Holy Spirit spoke that to him. And it brought peace to his heart. I mean, just this morning, God spoke through Elvis Presley to me. Yeah, I mean, don't fire me as your pastor, but, you know, like... I love the Elvis rendition of have a little talk with Jesus. Feel that prayer will turn and no little fire is burning. He does an awesome job at Southern Gospel. I love it. But God speaks, reminds me, yeah, have a little talk with Jesus. Okay. However, open your ears. Secondly, we have a choice, though, to have a heart that follows, that follows in faith. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, we wouldn't we want to follow what God's saying? No, not always. No. What do I mean? Well, let's look at Hebrews 3. There's a lot to say here. And the first part of Hebrews 3 is all about, again, this awesome Jesus, what he's done for us. It's speaking the language of the Son, and whoa, how blessed we are. So in light of that, now with verse 7, this is what is recorded. That is why the Holy Spirit says, in light of awesomeness of Jesus, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. As Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. What? 
Yeah, he repeats it two more times, Hebrews 3 and 4. Did you know the Holy Spirit likes to quote the Bible? I mean, he wrote it, so I guess that's okay. But uh, he's quoting Psalm 95. Today, when you hear his voice, he said, make a choice. Don't harden your heart. I mean, why would we do that? Because life is hard. Okay? We're, we're going to have hard times. I'm sorry if somebody else lied to you and said, no, just declare it. it's all right. No, you're going to have hard times. Okay? Hard times. People are going to betray you. Sicknesses are going to ravage some of your bodies. Okay? Prayers aren't answered like you want. You can't even hear anything from God. You're going to be angry. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be confused. Don't mean to be a downer. I'm just saying you're going to have hard times, and hard times harden our heart. See, what is a hard heart? A hard heart is a, a heart that doesn't believe anymore. Well, well, I believe in God. No, believe in his goodness, in his character, in his love, in that he actually knows best. A hard heart says, I want my own way. Yeah. And that's exactly the rest of this text is illustrating what happened to the children of God, the Israelites, in the wilderness. God said, you saw the amazing things I did for you, the miracles. I delivered you out of Egyptian slavery. I parted the Red Sea. I, I had a cloud of fire by night, or a fire, pillar of fire by night, a cloud by day. I rained down food from heaven, water from a rock. And then the minute things did not go your way, you hardened your heart. You complained. You hardened your heart in unbelief. And I want you to know, God was not happy. And he said, you made the choice. See, it is our choice. And the choice is, you won't enter my rest, he said. You won't enter my rest. We have a choice. Some months ago, I was in the middle of a hard time. And I felt hurt and angry. At least I do know it is so open my ears to God, right? So I sit down. Oh, he's pretty clear, not just with what the Holy Spirit was running through my mind, but he was pretty clear from the scripture, die, this is what you want to do. And I said, I don't want to. Die, this is what I want you to do. I don't want to. Now, you got to be honest because God knows. I mean, don't try to fool him, right? Like, that's silly. I had a choice. Would I follow in faith what he asked me to do, or would I harden my heart? Harden my heart in unbelief. Unbelief that he knows best. Unbelief that, you know, I can trust him. He will work out the situation. No, it might not be my solution. Okay, let me clue you in. He's God, we're not. Okay, like that's a pretty important lesson, right? But I still am learning it, you know, into my 70s, but that's okay. Okay. God goes on in Hebrews 3. He says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. This is serious when we harden our heart. How many of you know people all around us are hardening their hearts? It's like, well, I don't believe that. I mean, what's the original, like, deception from the deceiver? God's not good. 
He's not for you. Did he really say? See, it's the same lies. And the text is so clear. He says, but exhort one another every day as long as it's called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful. The sin of unbelief is very deceitful. Why? Because you feel so powerful and it feels so good. I just don't want to do that for a while. There is no rest. There is no rest for a hard heart of unbelief. We need to encourage one another, exhort one another. That's why we gather. Thank you for gathering, whether you're here or you're online. Thank you for gathering in small groups. Thank you for gathering around dinner tables. Thank you for going to Sons and Daughters Conference. Thank you for gathering. Why? So you could exhort one another. Because sin is deceitful. We have a deceiver. He's been at it since the beginning. And I don't want to give him any press because the blood of Jesus is so much more powerful. But I just want to say it's, it's real. These warnings are for us. So encourage one another that we don't get hardened. And thankfully... In my situation, a good friend who lives in another state, I uh, was able to share my struggle with her. I needed to be encouraged. I needed wisdom. I already knew what God said. I wasn't asking him anymore. So, um, and she was very clear to me. She said, Dad, no, you can't harden your heart. You, you, no, don't do that. I go, I know, I just, I've tried and I just want to, but she said, well, the fact that you're calling me, your heart's still soft. You know, you're still, you're still, you're still open. So then I chatted with another friend, and she reminded me, Di, you are a daughter of the living God. You know this, Di. You know he lives in you. You know he wants to help you. And I go, I know, and I know the only way I can tap in to God's empowering to do what I can't do that's called grace. There's only one way to tap into grace. Humble yourself. Put the pride aside. It's okay, Lord, have your way, not mine. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not my kingdom come, my will be done, okay? I want you to know when I humbled myself, the grace of God flooded I am eternally grateful because if I had remained in unbelief and hardness of heart, I know the damage and it's not worth it. Today, when you hear his voice, we have a choice. We have a choice to have ears that hear, open, you know, be intentional, be listening. We'll be helping you in the coming weeks how to do that. Secondly, have a choice to have a heart that follows in faith, not unbelief, not hardened. And let's encourage one another, okay? That we can stand strong in the storms and that we will live lives that flourish in the sun. Father, we thank you. They're so faithful to speak, to correct us, to lead us, to empower us. Thank you for our Savior. We will worship him today with hearts full of thanksgiving in his name. Amen.